Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. It's hard to understand what the practice is really about. Some of us think it's about figuring things out. Some people think it's about doing the right thing. Think some people think it's about being a good person. Some people think it's about suppressing certain feelings. To me, it's about being responsible and clear and learning how to realize that there are many moments in life where things are awkward, tense, uncomfortable and oh we can be with that and how we are in particular in those moments is the richest place that I've ever found for practice and not believing the habitual response to uncomfortable attention, but to really be open to what else is possible. <laughs> I have a friend at the gym named Tony, and he, Tony is, calls me smiley. <laughs> And this morning after I climbed what is equal to about the Empire State Building on the Stairmaster, I was quite, you know, wiped out. <laughs> and he's like, Smiley, you're not smiling. I said, that's right. But it's so interesting, I was thinking about how we do that to ourselves. Like we want to see ourselves in a particular way, kind of in a consistent way. Oh, I'm smiley, or I am a nice person, or I am this kind of person. When actually we're like many kinds of people. At least that's what I've discovered about myself. Sometimes sad, sometimes happy, sometimes smiley, sometimes angry, sometimes disappointed, sometimes whatever. So how do we get clear about what's real? 
to me, the key is always to not follow the story that we're making about our experience, but actually getting curious about our actual experience. And not how we wished it was, <coughs> but actually just what it is. In the Lankavatara Sutra, this one person, Mahamati, is always asking all the questions of the Buddha and trying to figure out how to do things differently. And he asked the Buddha, please tell us what clear understandings of an earnest disciple should have if we are going to succeed in discipline that leads to self-realization? You know, a small question. And the Buddha is always game for any question. Never shuts. I love it. It's my favorite thing about the sutra and most sutras in general is that the Buddha's attitude, whether it's real or not, is always written, always just open to whatever question comes. And to me, that is such a teaching itself. And how open am I to whatever question comes? And how about you? So the Buddha says, well, there are four things in which an earnest disciple may gain self-realization of noble wisdom and become a bodhisattva. First, you must have very clear understanding that all things are just manifest of the mind. Second, you must discard the notion of birth, abiding, and disappearance. Third, you must clearly understand egolessness of both things and persons. And fourth, you must have a true conception of what constitutes self-realization of noble wisdom. Provided with these four understandings, you will surely become a bodhisattva. So, there you go. No problem. Today, I felt like just talking about the first one. That you must have a clear understanding that all things are only manifestations of the mind. And even the beginning of that sentence is so rare. Have just a clear understanding of what actually is happening. 
so often we're off to the races and not actually even seeing who's in front of us or experiencing what we're actually experiencing in the moment. Never mind understanding that all things are just a manifestation of mind. So it's important first to actually understand what actually is happening. How often do you do that? There's a famous story where a monk goes to see his teacher and he said, you know, so I've been studying with you for 30 years, so I'm ready for transmission. And the teacher said, is that so? Where did you put your shoes, to the left or the right of the doorway? And he said, oh. You mean just when I came in? And he's like, yeah, just when you came in. He's like, don't remember. He's like, well, maybe 20 more years. <laughs> One of the reasons I love that story is that it really points to our gaining idea how we want things a particular way and in a when we want them. So we can be practicing a long time and still that creeps in. And it can creep in so much that when we walk into the door to practice, it's still, we're not actually practicing. Endless. fun to think about like how did you get here this morning and were you actually participating in how you got here this morning or are you lost in thought or distracted and not needing to shame that either but just to like notice that we often will make stories about like, oh yeah, I'm such a bad practitioner because I wasn't really paying attention. But just like noticing it and coming back. Oh wow, I completely was in a dream. Hello. So the Buddha says to the first, you must recognize and be fully convinced that this world is just the manifestation of your mind. That it is devoid of selfness and its belongings. It doesn't have an independent self. The world itself does not even, never mind you. 
Some people think that the earth will go on forever. But not even a galaxy goes on forever. Galaxies, too, are impermanent and decay. So the Buddha says that there are no striving, no coming, and no going. How do you practice with that attitude, without striving? I'm really going to do it. And yet, how do you really do it without striving? How do you have that kind of dedication and commitment and give everything without striving? That's the great mystery. And so essential. I've, for many years, practiced koans. And I just couldn't wait to finish them. And then I did. And then what? For the many years in the beginning of my practice, I was counting my breath and I was sure that it was not an adequate practice. The koans were really the real thing. And if I practiced koans, then I'd be a real Zen person. For the last 12 years, I've been counting my breath and really enjoying. What else is there but what's in front of us? What's through us? How do you practice whatever it is? Thoroughly. Not waiting for the next thing. Or even to be in this room. Soyen Shaku, who was the first Zen person to come to this country in the late 1800s, said, my heart burns like fire, but my eyes are as cold as dead ashes. It's very strange. He made the following rules in which he practiced every day of his life. In the morning, before dressing, light incense and meditate. Retire at a regular hour. Partake of food at regular intervals. Eat with moderation, never to the point of satisfaction. 
Receive a guest with the same attitude you have when alone. This is one of my favorite ones. When alone, maintain the same attitude you have when receiving guests. Watch what you say, and whatever you say, actually practice it. A rare thing these days. And I love the one before that too, but when you're alone practicing as if you're receiving guests, it's so interesting to see what you do when you're alone. I used to not know how to like turn off updates or whatever they are, those notifications on my phone. So I remember I'd be on retreat, I would get all these notifications all the time about people on the retreat posting things and like <laughs> my phone was like constantly going off until someone showed me how to turn all of that off but it was just so interesting you know? you could see how busy everybody was alone in their room on retreat <laughs> And part of it makes me quite sad. Because we don't allow ourselves to even be fully on retreat when we're on retreat. The opportunity on retreat is actually to do something new and get to know your unconditioned behavior and mind. How rarely we practice that. When alone, maintain the same attitude as receiving guests. Watch what you say, and whatever you say, actually practice it. When an opportunity to practice comes by, do not let it pass. Do not regret the past. Have a fearless attitude of a hero and the loving heart of a child. Upon retiring at the end of the day, sleep as if you've entered your last sleep. thoroughly be in your experience. It's funny how we're always waiting. That's the dream the Buddha is talking about. 
to actually experience your life as you're experiencing it and realize that you're just making most of it up. Like, at least in my experience, like a good 98% of my thoughts are just my thoughts, not actually what's happening. We get caught up in our bodies, how our bodies are, how they're not, how other people's bodies are, or they're not. About 2,600 years ago, one of the Buddha's nuns followed the Buddha, Dhammadina said, wandering for alms, weak leaning on a staff, with trembling limbs, I fell down right there on the ground. Seeing the drawbacks of my body, my mind was right then set free. Seeing the drawbacks of my body, right then set free. That freedom is always available. You don't have to wait till you're an old woman falling on the ground, which will come. Old woman, old man. Right now you can be free. 